1: Not just the state of Wisconsin, it's the number one Packers podcast, full stop. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. All right, our Friday live Periscope show. If you're not watching on Periscope, get here. I don't I don't know how if you're listening to the podcast, you could do that. You probably have to go to Periscope and actually watch it. But um, you could do that, too. Listen on both. Apparently, that's the thing people do, which is awesome that they do that. Uh, We're going to talk about Packers Panthers injury report coming up. And then uh, I do have some good questions, some questions I'll take from Periscope as well. So a lot to get to uh, on a game that is absolutely enormous for the Packers. And uh, I, I think that that's something that maybe has been missed. You know, the, the, it's Kyle Allen. Okay, that's fine. But the Panthers are legitimately a good team. And Green Bay was, uh, they, they, I don't know if they, if they didn't take the game seriously against the Chargers or what happened. But they did not come out with the, the intensity that they needed. They didn't come out with the juice that they needed. And they can't do that again. They just can't do that. They're, they will lose if they do that again. So the reality for them is no opponent from here on out can be taken lightly. It doesn't matter what their record is. It doesn't matter what Green Bay's record is. It just has to be just has to be better. It just has to be better. Uh, so the, what we got from the Packer injury report is. Uh, Adrian Amos is questionable. He was back at practice on Friday, which is clearly important for Green Bay given that Ibrahim Campbell is back. You can't, you mitigate the, the positive impact from Ibrahim Campbell if Adrian Amos can't play because one of the, the benefits of getting Campbell back is that Amos gets to be a safety, which is not something that he was getting to consistently do over the course of the season without Raven Green getting to be able to play him deep more often, to be able to use him in man coverage more often. You don't get to do that. I mean, obviously, if he's not playing, you don't get to do that. But the reason Ibrahim Campbell makes life easier on Amos and and Savage is because he allows them to do the things that they're better at more often because you don't have to only play – because you can't play Will Redman in the box. You can't play Chan and Sullivan in the box. They can't be a nickel linebacker. They're comfortable playing Darnell Savage in the box – but the other guys that they've played without Raven Green, they just cannot do it. And it, it, it affects the way Mike Patton wants to deploy his personnel. And that makes it harder for him to do what he wants to do. So getting Campbell back, and it sounds like Amos is going to play. He was practicing on Friday, precautionary and all of that over the course of the, the, the week with practice. And, and getting the rest on Wednesday and Thursday. You never know with cold weather. You you never know with cold weather, and you know your muscles they don't get quite as loose. They can tighten up on you a little bit faster, and so when these soft injury issues pop up, it is a concern. You have to be uh, a little bit more uh, precautionary. You have to be a little bit more patient with them. And when when you see someone like Jair Alexander added to the list on Friday, it's not ideal. And it is the the kind of situation where you know you hope that that is totally precautionary, and it is the kind of situation where you just you have to just sort of hold your breath on it, because we don't know exactly what happened. It's it's listed on the injury report as a groin injury with Jair, and you you are hoping it is only precautionary because again, with the weather now the way it is. Uh, it is the kind of thing that you you are worried about this stuff. and it, it is it is detrimental to your team when you, you you're missing practices like Adrian Amos was, but you still have to do what's best for the players. So we don't we, we don't have a good feel for okay, they they didn't practice, Jair is a late ad. how how can we project forward? It, it's always so tough with these soft tissue injuries. Kevin King. He has this soft injury, tissue injury. They're precautionary with him, and then uh, he goes out and plays. That's great, but it's hard for me to sit here on a Friday and and project forward how that's going to work. We, I just it is it is so difficult because these soft tissue injuries can be so finicky. They can be they can be so delicate. Uh, for the Panthers, they they're dealing with some similar issues, and. James Bradbury is, is dealing with an issue of his own. He has not gone through practice at all this week. They're hopeful he can play on Sunday. Don't know. Um, Christian McCaffrey was limited in practice this week. Knee injury, as I said on Twitter, it's not a concern, but it is something to watch because he did leave that game against Tennessee last week late. And he that it's not that it's like, okay, he's not going to play. No, he's going to play. But it, it's anyone that has had, you know, you have injuries, you get a little bit older, you get creaky. And if you have an injury, it is, it, it, it is, the, the cold can magnify that injury. And that's why, you know, when we talk about home field advantage with Green Bay in the second half of the season and playing on the frozen tundra, those hits, when you're getting beat especially, you don't want to take those hits because you're falling and you're landing and that hurts. It hurts a lot more than it does on a normal day. And those, especially with the cold, you compound that with the cold. If it's snowing, it's not in the forecast, but it's still it's still northeastern Wisconsin, and it's going to be cold. It could snow. So Christian McCaffrey said he's going to be tough. He's not going to wear sleeves. His dad didn't let him wear sleeves at Colorado. Cool. Cool. Guy. Nice. You still have to take the hits. And... Obviously, Green Bay is going to have to figure out a way to get their run defense playing better. They have to, I think, play a little bit bigger in this game because Greg Olson's not going to kill them. He just can't run as well anymore. You can play big and, and not worry about them gashing you in the middle of the field with tight ends. That said, you don't want to get a running back like Christian McCaffrey on B.J. Goodson or Blake Martinez. This brings me to a, a case that I've been making most of the year, and that is play Oren Burks and just live with the rest of it. But, you know, the, the the Packers' plan here is going to be reflected, I think, in the weather. And they're going to want to pound the ball too. I think so is Carolina. And if you have your defensive backs, if Jair and Amos can play, it makes it a lot easier to play heavy, to play with three down linemen, the two outside linebackers, and your two base inside linebackers, and play a bigger front when you feel comfortable with what's going on in the back end. Not a blue chew segue, but not-not. When you have Amos in the back and Darnell Savage, and then you, have, you feel good about your two corners, Kevin King played well last week, despite the, the issues that the defense had. So, you know, this is a, a situation where you want to have, if you, when you have those guys... If you have your secondary, it's easier to play big to stop Christian McCaffrey. Now, that doesn't uh, take away the counter for Carolina, and that is split Christian McCaffrey out and see if you can get him lined up on a linebacker. Then Mike Patton has to start figuring out, okay, do I want to go to that three safety look? How do I want to to counter that? Maybe this is a week we see more three safety uh, nickel without three corners. Because that's been basically what they've been wanting to do all year. They play that five-one with the extra safety, the extra corner, and it's it's just not it's not a big lineup. And I don't think you have to be so worried about Carolina's passing game that you have to play that way. I think this is much more like what we what they saw uh, with Minnesota. And aside from that one big run, they they handled they handled pretty consistently. With uh, you know the exception of the big run again, um, they handled what Minnesota threw at them in the run game pretty well. It was actually giving up big plays in the passing game. Eventually, that cost them. Before we move on, I want to talk about my bookie. Uh, if you're the type of fan that knows football so well, you could choose any game and call it. My bookie is the place for you because you can turn loose all of your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sideline and get into the action. Uh, If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your first deposit all the way, half of your first deposit, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you put in $2,000, they will give you $1,000 just for putting money. And use the promo code locked on at checkout and use the promo code locked on at MyBookie.ag because at MyBookie, you play. You win, you get paid. The Frederick and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network offers many same-day care options to fit your busy schedule. Your health is important, so stay on top of it this football season. Take advantage of what is possible through one of the many convenient ways to get the care you need from the area's leading physicians. In need of primary care, personalized care is delivered at more than 40 health centers and clinics throughout southeastern Wisconsin. Many locations offer Saturday and extended evening hours. You can even schedule that appointment directly online. Prefer to save yourself a trip? Schedule a visit site with your own doctor through the safe and secure MyChart app. Or request a virtual clinic appointment 24 7 and be seen by a board certified provider in 30 minutes or less using your phone, tablet, or laptop. For more serious conditions, staff at urgent care clinics and emergency departments are ready to treat you when you need it most, even late at night. Whether in the comfort of your home or at one of many convenient locations, Freighter and the MCW Health Network staff will provide you with exceptional care rooted in innovation and discovery. To learn more about all these care options, visit www.freighter.com care or call 1-800-DOCTORS. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network, this is what is possible. So to do... T- There are a lot of questions this week and and a lot of good ones, and I want to start with this one. I I teased it a little bit yesterday. Um, Hey there, this is John from Modesto, California. Though I'm an amateur cook at best, here's my attempt at Packers filet mignon. Do you think that Roger's lack of deep ball accuracy over the past couple years is due to his patented wonky footwork coupled with his arm finally showing signs of age, and if so, how, so how should the coaching staff handle that? Thank you so much. So he has actually been one of the more accurate quarterbacks on deep shots all season. According to um, the the pro football focus numbers, there's some other numbers out there that suggest um, he's been more efficient throwing the ball down the, down the field this year. Now, last year he was not. And he took a lot of big shots and hit plenty of big shots, but missed a lot of throws we expect him to make. He looked more like that guy last week. I don't think it is a footwork problem because he makes off-platform throws – as well as anyone, he continues to do it. You watch someone like Patrick Mahomes; he makes off-platform throws. There's a, there's a lot of that in the league. You can't just have perfect footwork every time, just because of the nature of the pocket and the nature of timing, and and you know everything is not perfect on every play. Uh, but you you have to just let Rodgers cook. Just let him let him cook because he's going to make the throws. The Alan Lazard throw. I mean, they they don't win that game without that throw to Lazard, the Kumaro throw. There's there, there's actually two Kumaro throws. The Raiders one down the field, and the the one on on the Kansas City game where he's just like rolling to his right and flinging the ball. He can make those throws. No one else can make those throws. And you know you you sort of have to you sort of have to let him. I mean, he said this. If you're if you're gonna ooh and ah when he makes the incredible play. You have to sort of live with some of the other stuff of he's going to he's going to miss some open throws when he does have bad footwork. It just it's going to happen. It just is going to happen. He is as he ages, just going to be less consistent. And you look at someone like Tom Brady, he is not as consistent throwing the ball down the field anymore. He just isn't. And it's you you have to make up for it by being number 1 really good when it matters late in the game. Tom Brady is. And number two, you have to still be able to play within the confines of the offense. And that's something that Aaron Rodgers has been able to do really well this year. It was a question coming in. Can he play within the confines of the offense? Is he going to be willing to do that? And he's answered those questions. we don't have those questions anymore. He likes the Matt LaFleur offense. He's played well in the Matt LaFleur offense. And so long as they maintain what's worked for them, and they and they stay on track. They they stay, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Then you you allow Aaron Rodgers to say you're going to take these. They're going to take shots that are set up for him. And what I love about the shot plays that they are calling is you open up the middle of the field, and you have like Marquez Valdez Scantling on that on that long route down the field against Oakland. The post route, he has the whole the half the field to throw the ball to. So you can be a little bit more inaccurate. That was not a great throw to MVS. It is it is a decent throw. I mean, it was completed, so it was a good enough throw. But a better throw is a touchdown. But he had all the room in the world to make the throw. So even something slightly off target works. And I, I think that is something that Matt LaFleur has done a really good job of. He has allowed... Uh, he's allowed... Rodgers to be in a position to do what he wants to do, which is sling it down the field. But he has made it easier for him to do that by making it so that it's not just a receiver having to win one-on-one that, that gives Rodgers that window because when it's just that, you're relying so much on that receiver to go win his matchup that it can put undue pressure on both of them because you're asking the receiver to be perfect and you're asking for the quarterback to be perfect and you're asking them both to be perfect on the same play at the same time. It's not as intense anymore in having to do that. Hey, Peter, what's happening? Rick from far Texas. Now that Sternberger has been activated, I'm wondering how comfortable he is in the system at this point. You've mentioned in the past that the tight end position is one of the toughest to learn in the league because of the mastery of both blocking and route running. Has he been in the tight end room this whole time getting mental reps or have IR designation rules kept him out of those team activities? Said another way, is he starting from square one now? Moreover, now that Matt LaFleur has to find a way to integrate 17 in a way that mitigates the ISO scoring apor- approach, will it take even longer to integrate Burger, or can that be done in parallel? So you you still get to do the mental reps as you're doing your rehab and, and going through the process. Uh and, you know, hes it's not like he, he's just been sitting at home, you hope. He's not just eating donuts. Um, but he was on the field last week briefly. He got a couple snaps. Robert Tanyan's doubtful in this game. We didn't mention it at the top of the show, but he is doubtful. So if he's not going to play, they're going to rotate their tight ends. And I think you're going to see, you know, maybe he plays 10 snaps this week. They're going to give him opportunities because Jimmy Graham has not played well enough, although last week Jimmy Graham did actually block his ass off. I know that he's not going to get credit for it, but he did. That's a thing that happened. And he's actually been much better as a blocker this year than he was last year. Sternberger can still give them uh, something in in the passing game. It's just going to take some time. Uh, I, I think it is the, the kind of thing, you know, we talked about this with Jason Hirschhorn before the season. There are things in this offense that... You can, um, you can call that require much less mental processing and polish and refinement as a tight end because that th- those tight end league plays, for example, like Jace scored a touchdown in the preseason on a league play, the league plays that, that Kyle Shanahan loves to call, Matt LeFleur hasn't really called them, and I think he's waiting um, for some high leverage spots to do it. He could do it once or twice a game, and, and I wish he would. But you can use Sternberger in those systems, get him open on the backside and let him run because one of the things he was great at at Texas A&M was creating after the catch. And getting him the ball in space, he is a big physical dude, 6'4", 250, can run, will run you over, will run you over. And that's something you cannot say about Jimmy Graham. And Mercedes Lewis is tough, but he's not going to make anyone miss. He's not going to break tackles in the open field. That's the difference with Tanyan as well. He can do that. He's not been healthy. He's been close and he'll have setbacks. Matt LaFleur lamented that issue over the uh, at his press conference today. It's like you get close and you have a setback. Injuries are are setting Tanyan's development back. He was having a, a nice start to his season. Rodgers was looking for him. He would once a game, he would do something nice up the seam. And that's as a third tight end, that's enough. That's enough. That's gotta be Jay Sternberger now. And I think he can develop into more than that. I think Sternberger is a really good player. And he has the potential to be a I mean, obviously he's not one now. He's a really good prospect and has the chance to be a really good player. He needs the reps. And this Tanyan injury might be a blessing in disguise for him because if Tanyan were healthy, if all three of these guys were healthy, maybe Sternberger is not uh, getting getting any reps on the field, but he needs them. He needs them. And he's going to get them now because Tanyan can't stay healthy. So it's, it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise, even though you'd want Tanyan on the field and you'd want him probably taking some of the reps that he was taking from Jimmy Graham. Are they going to give a rookie those reps? I don't know. I don't, I don't think they will, but, but you know, they might. They might. And when we did our go back, and if you haven't listened to the, the Jay Sternberger rookie orientation, go back and do that. Um, and, and the comparison that, that the, uh, the guest gave for, for Jay Sternberger was Jeremy Shockey. And he is that kind of big, physical, will run you over, um, can be dynamic in the open field. I mean, remember, this is the same guy that Jimbo Fisher was the first guy he got in as a transfer and then built an offense around him. Jimbo Fisher is a national championship winning coach with pedigree, Florida State, all that stuff. Came in and said, my offense is going to be built around this guy. And he dominated in the SEC. Number one receiving grade uh, per, per pro football focus ahead of guys like TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, all those guys. It was Jace. So there is an opportunity there um, because he has that sort of those physical gifts. Uh, there was a question here about Burks and and Goodson. Burks needs to play more. I, 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 I don't really care about the rotation. Burks just needs to play more. And at a certain point, if you don't think Blake Martinez is the future of this team, you have to start making decisions. I know that they want to win this year, and they should win this year, and I don't think they should do things that subverts their their likelihood of winning, but you have to... The guys that you have on the field... Number one, B.J. Goodson has been a more impactful player this year than Blake Martinez in limited snaps, been more impactful in his limited snaps than in all the snaps that Blake Martinez has put together. So... I, I understand Blake Martinez is the signal caller. He's a leader on this defense. You have to produce. And this is a big test for Matt LaFleur and Mike Patton because Matt LaFleur has shown a willingness to say, if you are not getting it done, we're going to have the next guy rotate in and, and fight for your job. Will they do that with a leader of the team? Because Dom Capers was loath to do it with A.J. Hawk. Probably should have done it. They should have put more effort into finding a new A.J. Hawk, and they still haven't. They had Desmond Bishop for a hot second. He gets hurt, can't sustain his level of play. And the Packers have not been able to find a successful replacement for him. Now, I will continue to insist that Blake Martinez was better last year and the year before than fans gave him credit for. I will continue to insist that. He has not been good this year. He has been the guy that they claimed he was last year and the year before, even though he wasn't he has not been good this year and and it's not good enough. David Harrison here the locked on Washington football team podcast celebrating with you
0: a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer
1: I want to finish with this. The Packers are seven and two, and it's tempting to look at the loss to the Chargers through rose-colored glasses. But do you really think this team can win a playoff game with their defense, when their defense leads the NFL in giving up big plays over forty yards? Best Josh in Denver. This is a question that I get a lot, and I know that there are a lot of fans worried about the defense. Uh, I believe the status since Week Five, they are the second worst defense in the league in yards per play allowed. And they have not been great. I wrote about it for Acme Packing Company. When teams are holding the ball, they're creating those plays down the field, and they're not—they're just not covering well enough. I—I I don't. The, the question about when whether or not they can win a playoff game, yeah, they can. They've beaten playoff teams this year, doing it already. They beat Minnesota. They beat Dallas. Philly might be a playoff team. They didn't lose, or they lost to Philly, but you know that was a that was a weird Thursday night game. They lose Devonte Adams healthy, maybe they win that game. Who knows? Um, they, by the way, they did not lose that game because the defense gave up big plays. They lost that game because the special teams were terrible and they turned the ball over. If they don't turn the ball over, the defense is not as big a deal. And the defense has not been getting turnovers at as high a rate. Matt Lafleur basically said, "Look, we we want to be better defensively, but we understand as an aggressive defense, we're going to give up some plays. They just what you what you want to what you want to balance." is giving up plays with making them. And and the problem hasn't been giving up plays. It's the NFL, you're going to give up plays. They're still an elite red zone defense, for example. So in high leverage situations, they're still good. They're still a decent third down defense. Giving up yards is not that big a deal if you're not giving up points. If those big plays are not turning into points, if, they're not, if you're buckling down in the red zone, the yardage totals are less important the problem is they're not creating turnovers as as often and they need to if you're going to give up plays you have to you have to create them otherwise just be a, a team that just like is going to try and play solid and keep everything in front and you're going to have breakdowns and teams are going to score i mean it's just if you're going to play aggressive and mike patton's defense is aggressive play that aggressive style they need to be a little bit more aggressive in my opinion sending more rushers and disrupting quarterbacks more they they have to find a way to create more plays, sack fumbles, more sacks, converting more pressures into sacks. Top five pressure team, their their sack rate over the last six games has not been nearly as high as it, it was early out, early on. Um, and they're they're not creating turnovers as at as high a rate. So if you're gonna give up plays, you have to be able to get them as well. And and I think a lot of this is gonna even out because you have a quarterback this week who is a first-year starter. I don't – Jimmy Garoppolo likes to throw to the wrong team, has been interception-prone all season. They still have whatever Washington quarterback is going to be on the field. They still have Danny Dimes on the schedule. They still have Mitch Trubisky on the schedule. They're going to have Kirk Cousins in prime time on the schedule. There are a ton of opportunities for them to write the ship defensively and, and create turnovers and get back in a groove. All you need to do is be playing good defense at the right time. The Early in the season is a good time because you get off to a good start, which they did. But the end of the season is a better time. And the playoffs is the best time. So that's what matters with this defense. And that's what the goal has to be. Can we talk about our left tackle and right tackle? They both got lit up last week. Lit up is an exaggeration. I don't they did not get lit up Joy Bosa and Melvin Ingward are really really good players and they they played really really well David Bakhtiari is clearly hurt and so that has that has affected his play this season there's no question about it Brian Bulaga has been awesome all year he didn't have a great game he didn't have a terrible game either the interior of the offensive line played awesome Elton Jenkins Corey Lindsley and Billy Turner were really really good. I think a lot of the problems that, that the Packers had with pass protection was more about the situations that they were in. They were in 2nd and 15, 3rd and 8. You're in obvious passing situations. You're really doing your offensive tackles no favors. They, they really killed themselves with penalties. And you know I think they got away from an offensive scheme that, that suits them. Uh, no play action, just no play action. Didn't didn't stay committed to the run game. You have to do that against a team like like San Diego, like LA, because th- their pass rusher on the outside is so strong. And and if you just let them tee off on your guys every every snap, they're gonna win some. They're gonna win some. I mean, did they sack Aaron Rodgers every play? This is what's always funny about about offensive line and defensive line um, conversations. It's, it's sort of the opposite of batting. So if you're a pass rusher, you can bat 300 and be awesome. Awesome. The best teams in the league don't have pressure rates above 30%, 33%. They don't, and yet, and yet, if an, o- if an offensive lineman have, has a win rate below 80%, not elite, not elite. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Corey Lindsley has a win rate like above 97%. Elton Jenkins has a win rate like 98% right now. And and yet one or two losses that result in sacks and we're complaining about them. David Bakhtiari and Brian Belonga held up on most of the snaps against LA. But because they gave up a couple pressures, the sky is falling. Uh, we're going to be back next week. We're. This is. It's gone off the rails now. So, uh, we have to. We have to be done. We have to be done. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, and 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 anywhere you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. Uh, if you want to be part of a show like this, Locked On Packers fan hotline nine two zero three four one three seven seven five to stay locked on pack